the Theology of the Body Institute, this is the Ask Christopher West Podcast. Hello, podcast listeners. Hey, everybody. We're excited to be with you today. And actually, we're recently in Florida. Uh, because there was a TOB1 course being offered there. And we were happy to go to sunny Florida in the middle really... of chilly winter Pennsylvania. That's right. It was not a big sacrifice. <laughs> um, and very happy to see uh, students from all over, some from Florida and some escaping the chilliness of their native place to be together. And it was especially nice. Some of the students had... Um, learned of the course through our podcast and yeah. came to tell us about that. And I just love knowing to whom we're speaking in our podcast. When people let me know, you know, come up to me at a chorus and say, I just want you to know I've been listening to your podcast. And that's just so helpful because then I have that person in my mind and heart as we're continuing to record podcasts. I love that. It's a special gift to make those connections with faces yes. for sure. Yeah. And it's, a really special gift for me with all the Zoom stuff I've been doing to teach a live class. Mm -hmm. I was absolutely thrilled. It was funny, this retreat center where we were in Florida in the Diocese of Orlando, there's several hundred acres on this property and including bordering a big lake. So there's some interesting wildlife, alligators, snakes, and wild turkeys. Turkeys. <laughs> Not what you think of when you think of Florida. No, no. Did you see any of the turkeys when we were there? I don't know if I did. I saw a lot of birds. Like they were like the the male turkeys would put out all their all feathers. All their tail feathers. Like a, it almost. I didn't quite realize how big the uh, turkey feather yeah. male thing <laughs> is. You know, uh -huh. it's not not quite like a peacock or anything like that, but it's significant. Uh -huh. And there were there were these big windows behind where I was teaching, and. Uh, some, sometimes the wild turkey flock would walk by and the males would stick their butts out and put all their feathers out. A uh, little, yeah, little demonstration there going on. Theology of the turkey body. <laughs> the mating, while we're on the subject, the mating ritual of birds, mating rituals of birds is fascinating. Sometimes, I, I'm serious, sometimes I'll just go on YouTube and type in uh, bird mating rituals. Because you get this amazing display of how God has made creatures mm. to further their own species. It's absolutely fascinating. Everything in God's creation is a revelation of his own mystery. Mm. And turkey birds putting out their feathers and shaking their butts, it's all part of it. <laughs> On that note... <laughs> I just made my wife smile. I wish everybody could see my wife smiling <laughs> like I could see her smiling right now. Well, thanks. I enjoy making you smile, thank Wendy. You, thank you know you. I do. I know. You're good at it. Well, I just wanted to ask you also, in, since we've completed that TOB1 course, give us an update on other things going on with the TOB Institute. Yes, we have some online courses coming up you can register for. Check the link below. We have a TOB1 online coming. If you have never gone for it. Maybe it's time. Mm. The reviews we get from people taking these courses, even online, we were skeptical about the whole online thing when we launched it at the start of COVID last year. Can you believe we're coming up on a year? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, who knows, by the time this podcast will have been released, maybe it's already a year. Yeah. 
But that's not my point. What was my point? It was about reviews. About the reviews of our online courses. Yeah, people, people's lives are being changed all around the world. If you have ever considered going for it and taking a TOB1 course from the TOB Institute, maybe now's the time. We also have a course on the Blessed Mother online coming up. We recorded that when I taught it live last fall. That's coming up fittingly in the month of May, I believe. Mm-hmm. Or maybe April. I forget. Anyway, the schedule's below. Click the link. And don't forget, we have the TOB virtual conference coming up final weekend of April into the 1st of May. We have a great lineup of speakers this year. It's going to be really exciting what's what's going to be unfolding there. Check out that link. And I also want to let our podcast listeners know that we'll announce this next week. It's a little premature to give the whole spiel right now. But next week, we will share with you a new incentive for our patrons. Mm. Or not not a new incentive for our patrons. It's a gift for our patrons and an incentive to consider becoming a patron. And it has to do with this podcast. And I'll just say how to have a better chance of having your questions answered by us. Mm. Did I give it away? Maybe I did. We'll say more next week. (laughs) But check out the patron link below. Your monthly support goes a long way to allowing our mission to, to continue. And God knows the world is desperately in need of this theology of the body. Wow, for such a time as this, really, with all that we're going through in the world, uh, for such a time as this, as we have we been given John Paul II's teaching? Shall I share a question Let's now? do it. Okay. Our first question is from an anonymous priest. He says, as a priest, I've been trying to help someone who's struggling within his marriage about contraception. Specifically, he wants to follow the church's teaching, but his wife does not. What advice can you give me about how to counsel him? Bless you, Father. Bless you. Uh, I would point out a document to you, Father, that you should really read if you're not familiar with it. It's called the Vatimicum. I believe that's how you pronounce it. Vatimicum for Confessors on questions of conjugal morality. We'll put a link to that document so everybody can have easy access to it in the show notes. Vatimicum for Confessors on Certain Questions of Conjugal Morality. Mm. I believe that's the title. Okay. Isn't that inviting? <laughs> Not uh, really. <laughs> <laughs> it came out in the 90s, and it's, it's specifically, as the title indicates, it's meant to help confessors to counsel people on these sensitive delicate, difficult issues. And I've certainly had people come to me over the years, uh, sometimes the husband, just in this, as in this case, sometimes the wife saying, my spouse doesn't want to live the teaching, what, what should I do, what can I do? The number one principle here is that one spouse cannot actively cooperate in the wrongdoing of the other. The, the one spouse is not responsible for the wrongdoing of the other, uh, so long as he or she is not aiding it or cooperating with it. For example, in this case, it's the husband who wants to live the teaching. He should not be wearing a condom at his wife's request. That would be his own active participation in her wrong choice, and then that becomes his wrong choice. But if she, against his will, gets her tubes tied, or she, against his will, uh, is on the pill, he is not responsible for her 
choice in that case. The act itself is objectively not what it is meant to be, but there's only one person in that situation culpable for that mm-hmm. um, or responsible for that. So that's that's kind of the, the technical answer to this dear priest's question on a more personal side, uh, I would counsel you, Father, to counsel him to pursue a deep understanding of John Paul II's theology of the body and bring that into his own heart as a husband. Uh, Again, I don't have any information to know where this husband is in his journey, Um, but even, even if he's already familiar with theology of the body, speaking as as one who has been very familiar with this teaching for over 25 years, I'm still learning. Mm. There's always more to learn, always more to learn, always deeper places to go in becoming the men and the women we are created to be. So I would, I would urge you, Father, to encourage him to continue his journey of learning how to love his wife as Christ loves the church. And that's exactly the the calling that this man has uh, even though his wife is not reciprocating that love uh, that that also is is how Christ loves us when we don't reciprocate he doesn't stop loving us uh, and that's how a husband is called to love his wife so i would i would also invite you to invite him to join his sufferings clearly there's suffering here in this marriage when they're not on the same page and the husband is bearing that suffering in a very particular way, um, I would invite you to invite him to learn the way of uniting his suffering, the pain that his wife is causing him. That suffering can be united with Christ and can become transformed into redemptive suffering for her so that what he is bearing in his suffering can become an act of love that can, and in God's timing, we don't know how, when, uh, but can and will bear its fruit in bringing about a change of her heart. We can hope for that, and we should pray for that. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts, Wendy? Yeah, just if, Father, if you don't already have a copy of Good News About Sex and Marriage, which is a book Christopher wrote, uh, the first edition, as a um, director of Office of Marriage and Family Life, working with engaged couples and has updated it since then so many helpful answers to questions and just look at the title good news Mm. not list of rules not buckle up this is going to be rough Mm. it's good news it is good news. and um you know if you've read it if you have a copy you can share with this husband he could share with his wife i just um encourage you to have that book as a as a priest ministering to people with these kinds of questions. And I'll just say this as well. Many times the questions that our listeners um, submit to the podcast, I should say, are things that are addressed in that book because it gets into very detailed issues of chastity and how we live this. If I may quote from my favorite movie. (laughs) Yes, go ahead. It gets into the nitty gritties. Yes, it does. (laughs) One of my favorite movies, Nacho Libre. Yes. Um, I just want to mention that from time to time because not every listener has heard of that book or is aware of it. And it's just so helpful to have a place to turn 
for answers to questions that are hard to find someone you can even ask those questions to. So, um, yeah, I really want to recommend we'll that. We'll put a link in the show notes to the new edition. I'd, mm -hmm. I'd really urge you, even if you have the old edition, uh, get the new edition. It, it, it bumped up from 114 questions that I wrote in 1999, I believe, to uh, 150 questions that I wrote in 2018. Mm -hmm. And I had to rewrite a lot and add so much because of how much the culture has changed in the last 20 years. Mm -hmm. It's been quite dramatic. So thanks, Wendy, for suggesting that. I, I do think it's a good and important resource for every everybody out there yeah. to have. Yeah. Next question. This is from Eli. Hello, Eli. My girlfriend and I have been struggling to live out the church's teaching on premarital sex and have fallen into sin a few times. Sometimes this leads to arguments between us, where I voice how I feel like I have to choose between her and God when we sin. However, I also recognize our relationship isn't just about struggles with sexual sin. She does inspire me in many other ways to grow closer in my relationship with the Lord. I'm unsure whether it's God's will for me to break up with her or continue to struggle to be chased with her. Bless you, Eli. I hear the sincerity of your heart. I hear the real struggle. I hear your desire to do God's will. I hear your desire to seek his plan for your life. It's all beautiful, noble. Uh, that's a great, great foundation to be on, Eli. Of course, I, I can't answer the question whether you are meant to stay with this woman or break up with this woman, but I, I could offer this advice, and it's don't let the thought that just because you're falling into sin, don't let the thought enter that that itself means you shouldn't be with this person. Mm -hmm. uh, you and I, Wendy, we've been married for 25 plus years, and there's all kinds of ways that we, we're still broken and we still sin against each other. That doesn't mean we're not supposed to be together. Mm -hmm. Now, at the same time, it could be if there's ongoing grievous sins being committed and there's not any desire on her part to change or grow, well then that could be an indication that this is not a relationship that you would want to to pursue. But somehow it doesn't sound like that to me from, from the information Eli has included. Yeah. So yeah, Eli, you would you would have to keep just exposing your heart to the Lord, and each day say, Lord, what is your will for this relationship? Uh, and as we learn to tune in to the way the Lord speaks to us, and here, as my spiritual director has said, the Lord speaks the language of our hearts. Uh, it was a real revelation to me many years ago when I started seeing this priest as my spiritual director, a real revelation to me that things in my prayer life that I thought were distractions, like I'd start seeing a clip from a movie in my mind or a TV show, or I'd hear a song in my head. Uh, I thought these were distractions to prayer, and I had come to learn through spiritual direction that this, these were the ways the Lord was speaking to my heart, because that's the language of my heart. So, Eli, I would, I would urge you to enter into the, 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 a place of quiet, listening prayer where you learn to still your heart, where you learn to expose what's going on in your heart to the Lord, your questions, your concerns, your fears, your hopes, your desires, your longings, and, and be still and listen. 
Maybe you'll have some memory pop into your mind, maybe a scene from a movie, maybe a song. Listen to the lyrics. Uh, what is the scene from that movie? Why is it, is there, is there some way the Lord's speaking to your heart through it? These are all ways that I know the Lord has spoken to me, uh, and, and He will speak the language of your heart to you, Eli. Listening prayer in discerning God's will on questions like this is really, really important. Eli, there's one more thing I would suggest to you. I just did a retreat with Father Gallagher for our patron community on the discernment of spirits. And that means discerning these movements of our hearts, things that go on inside of us. Are they from the Lord? Are they from ourselves? Are they from the enemy? Are they from influences of the culture? Whatever it might be. Really learning to discern. And if you are not already a patron of the TOB Institute, you could join the patron community uh, even just for one month if you wanted to for ten dollars and uh, view that retreat that i did with father gallagher and i think you'll find that very helpful in in your discerning oh that's great yeah i i think that final question he asked about um discerning whether to continue the relationship is is an important one i think also he's bringing up a certain confusion and uh, confusion can be very painful um, where a person whom, you know, your girlfriend, who sometimes seems to lead you closer to the Lord in other situations seems to be leading you away from him. And that is a troubling, um, painful situation to be in. And I think in the pain, it leads to this anger and argument. Um, but I think both of you have something just to look at in your own hearts about um, how you're communicating, how you're setting up healthy boundaries in your relationship and your signs of affection or not. Um, and just in learning to understand one another, I think, obviously, if the question is, do I choose this woman or do I choose God? Well, God is whom we want most of all. Yes, amen to <laughs> and that. And that is the choice. And yet when... Um, this, we've allowed the circumstances to be such that we're kind of overwhelmed with what's going on physically and emotionally. It's understandable that it gets very difficult to be clear about that choice. And we need to kind of do, as you sometimes say, the instant replay. You know, mm. Let's look back at that with the Lord. Let's go, you know, take the Lord to the memory of that time of failure or sin and have him show us our hearts, show us where we you know, turned from him so that he can teach us to direct our desires toward him and to have that enough love and respect for one another to, you know, not lead one another in that way um, into sin. So that's just my that last thought. That is great advice, Wendy, the instant replay. Uh, I, I have found this so fruitful in my own life of just say, Lord, shine your light on what just happened there, like maybe you and I have had some argument or something, and mm -hmm. and I'm trying to figure out what happened or what went wrong or where was my heart off. I'll say, Lord, do, just give me the instant replay, and He'll take me back to the memory and and help me to see where my heart was off, mm -hmm. and that can be very instructive for catching yourself in the future mm -hmm. when your heart's getting pulled in that same direction to go off the rails. And Eli, I want to say this to you. It's so important. Mercy's real. The, the, the call to perfection 
is different than perfectionism. And listeners have heard me say this before, but it's, it bears repeating. Uh, do not think that when Jesus says, be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect, that, that that is to be confused with perfectionism. Perfectionism believes I'm not going to be loved until I get my S-H-I-T together. <laughs> right? That is not, that is not the truth. Right? A saint is not somebody who's got his S-H-I-T together. A saint is someone, as my spiritual director helped me to understand, a saint is someone who has all of his or her S-H-I-T open to the merciful love of the Father. Another way of saying the same thing, a saint is not a perfect person. A saint is someone who knows he or she is perfectly loved in all of his or her imperfections. So while the perfectionist thinks, I'm not going to be loved until I reach my goal. The road to perfection is the recognition that I'm loved right where I am, and that love compels me to grow. So that's the journey for all of us. Eli, you are loved right where you are. Open wide to that love. Open wide to that mercy. And let that loving mercy and merciful love Mm draw you closer, deeper into the mystery of what it means to be the man you're called to be. Yes. And and extend that same love and mercy to to your girlfriend. Um, again, I, I don't know all the particulars as to whether she's like d- digging her heels in and is hard-hearted here and not wanting to grow. Well, that, that's a different story if that may be an indication this is not a relationship to pursue. But it seems that's not the case. And it seems, as you said, there she has gifts, and you, you, you have. There's blessing in your relationship. That's the that's the truth for all of us. Wheat and weeds growing together. How can we foster the wheat and not get overzealous, as Jesus warns about tearing the root, the the weeds out, because we might be uprooting the wheat at the same time. It takes a very very skilled surgeon when there's cancerous flesh takes a very skilled surgeon to get in there with the scalpel and, and say, okay, there's the good flesh, there's the cancerous flesh. And sometimes, you know, we can take out, in our attempt to get out the cancerous flesh, we can end up taking out a lot of the, the good flesh as well. Mm-hmm. So those are just some thoughts too. I hope that's helpful to you, Eli. Our next question is from Jamie. Jamie says, hello, Christopher and Wendy. Hello, Jamie. First, Thank you so much for the joy and witness you bring as a married couple. Your example has brought so much healing to my view of marriage. So from the bottom of my heart, thank you. Jamie, that just blesses me to hear. You're so welcome. You're so welcome. Uh, We should maybe do like a hidden episode of our our lives where (laughs) our podcast recording team comes in and like puts hidden mics. in our house so just so our listeners can like hear one of our arguments too (laughs) i just don't want them to get the wrong impression we do love one another deeply yes and there is great joy but we're broken like everybody and there's lots of shitsky too (laughs) now you know jamie so jamie's question i had been discerning religious life for a long time but recently felt the call to start discerning marriage instead. Whenever I tell my friends this, they typically say something along the line of, well, God is probably just calling you to marriage with him. This language has truly been so painful because Mm -hmm. I feel like 
I can no longer even read about the beauty of what marriage can be because I'm constantly told it's not for me. Mm. Can you please speak to this? Bless you, Jamie. I don't know who these people are telling you this is not for you. But this I do know. The question of discerning your vocation is no one else's question but yours. Mm. That does not mean you shouldn't be open to the counsel of those you trust who might be able to shine a light on your heart, and that's the key point, your heart, and God's plan for your life. Uh, All that should be factored in, of course. But in the end, no one, no one can tell you what your vocation is. Uh, It can only come from listening to the Lord. What is the Lord's plan for your life, Jamie? I'm reminded of something John Paul II says about married couples, but it applies here too. Mm -hmm. And this was a question about uh, discerning how many children a married couple should have or meant to bring into the world. And oftentimes we want these, what can be very difficult questions of discernment. We don't want to go through the pain of discerning that, so we want somebody else to come up with an answer for us. And John Paul II spoke right into that and said, the very character of responsible parenthood, in this case, responsible parenthood, uh, demands that it's the couple and and only the couple, he says, who can make that decision before God. Mm -hmm. That's the truth here with your vocation as well, Jamie. The truth of the matter is that you and you alone can make that decision before God. You and you alone are responsible for that decision before God. And anyone who's offering anything more than counsel, or or here's my perspective, but it's got to be in a way that respects your freedom. As soon as it becomes any hint of, well, you're not really holy if you're not listening to me, or you're clearly not listening to God if you're not following what I'm telling you, Whoa, 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 warning lights. I just, uh, that, is, that is a sign that something is off. It becomes manipulative. Uh, people discerning their vocation can be in a very vulnerable place. And so an added level of just being clear and respecting the person's freedom is absolutely essential. And I am sorry, Jamie, that you are not getting that, uh, it seems, from the people who are offering their perspective. What are your thoughts, Wendy? I was struck, Jamie, when you said, um, I'm being told it's not for me about the joys of marriage and um, and the pain that's associated with that particular, you know, sense. Marriage may be beautiful, but it's not for me. Um, it just sounds like it may not even be the intended message of someone commenting, you know, God want, you know, uh, a vocation to celibacy could be seen as a vocation to marriage with God or, you know, that that may be something that's just touching a, a painful place in your own heart of um, all kinds of things, whether it could be, you know, a painful experience in the past of being excluded from something or doubts about you being lovable. Mm. Um, those kinds of questions that can really uh, be so painful and hidden in our hearts and sometimes something, a a comment someone's making can really be turning like a knife into a painful wound inside us. So I I don't know, you know, anything about your story, but I do encourage you just to take that 
particular sense of people are saying it's not for me to your prayer and ask the Lord, ask the scriptures, look for what his true will is for you to understand, you know, how much he wants to pour out his blessings upon you, how it very well could be that marriage is your vocation. I recommend to you also, Jamie, if you're not already a patron, uh, become a patron even just for one month so you can uh, benefit from that retreat that I just recently did with Father Timothy Gallagher, who's an expert in the Ignatian rules for discernment. I think you'll find that very helpful. And one of the fundamental principles in discerning God's will for our lives is looking honestly at our real desires. And one of the main principles of discernment, Jamie, is getting in touch with the deepest desires of our heart. That's where we find the Lord's will, in our deepest desires. Getting there, of course, takes discernment, as we've been saying. Our desires are not infallible. But when we get down into the deepest places of our hearts and we're discovering our desires there, we can trust them. The Lord put them there. Yes. Be not afraid, Jamie. The Lord has a plan to prosper your life, to give you hope and a future. Be not afraid. Well, that brings us to the end of another episode. We're so grateful to everybody who submits questions. Yes. Can Please continue to do so. And check out the links in the show notes from this episode. Um, especially check out that patron link. We have some exciting news coming for our patrons. We'll share with you next week. Until then, know it deep in your bones. You are an indispensable, irreplaceable, unrepeatable gift. Become what you are. Ask Christopher West is brought to you by the Theology of the Body Institute with music by Mike Mangione. Christopher and Wendy hope that the information provided is helpful to you, but remind you that they are not licensed counselors. If you are going through serious difficulty, a list of trusted counselors and psychologists can be found in the show notes. Thank you.